Hello and welcome to the Wellspring Tabernacle Podcast. Wellspring Tabernacle is a Bible-based Trinitarian Christian church in Marble, North Carolina. We seek to impact our community through preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ in power and demonstration of the Spirit of God. Thank you for listening to today's episode, and may God bless. If you have your copy of the Word of God this morning, we're gonna we're still on this same on this same kind of subject of, of spiritual warfare, but it's coming at a dip coming from a different angle. Um, and the the text that I'm gonna want us to look at this morning is a very, very popular one today, at least one verse of it is, but it's Second Chronicles chapter 7. Um, and we'll start reading in verse 11. And, you know, but I mean, everybody that I can think of loves verse 14 of this chapter. And when we, get, and when we read it here in a minute, you'll understand why. You've probably heard it time after time after time. Um, but Second Chronicles chapter seven. Starting in verse eleven, the Bible says, Thus Solomon finished the house of the Lord in the king's house, and Solomon successfully accomplished everything that came into his heart to do in the house of the Lord and in his own house. Then the Lord appeared to Solomon at night, and he said to Solomon, I have heard your prayer, and I have chosen for myself in this place a house of sacrifice. When I shut up the heaven, and there is no rain, or when I command the locusts to to devour the land, or send pestilence on my people, if my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers of this place. So now I have chosen and consecrated this house that my name be there continually. My eyes and heart will be there for all days. And and you, if you walk before me as David your father did to do everything that I command you to do and you keep my statutes and judgments, then I will set the throne of your kingdom as I made a covenant with David your father saying, you will not lack a man to rule Israel. But if the people turn aside and abandon my statutes and commandments that I have given to you and you walk after and serve other gods and worship them, then I will uproot them from my land that I have given to them and the house that I have consecrated for my name. I will throw it from before me and set it as a proverb and a taunt among the peoples. And even though this house was majestic, it will lie desolate before all who pass by it. And they will say, why did the Lord do such a thing to this land and this house? Then they will say, because they abandoned the Lord, the God of their fathers, who brought them up from the land of Egypt, and they took hold of other gods and worshiped and served them. Therefore, he has brought on them all this disaster. Kind Jesus, Lord, we love you. We thank you for this day, for the many blessings of life. God, we pray that you would bless the reading of your word. God, we pray now that you would go go with us into 
your word and into this time of worship through the preached word of God. Lord, help us to do what you would have us to do. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. But everyone loves verse 14 of this passage. Everyone gets excited and really, really likes, if you know, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. The amount of people that have said this about America as a nation is just, it's, it's crazy to think of how many people have used this verse saying that it's talking about America. Oh, if my people who are called by my name. Well, if you'll look at what we just read, going back to verse 11, all right, Solomon has just finished building the temple. <clears throat> the plans were given to David, but Solomon is the one that completed them. And so, when we see that Solomon has finished the Solomon has finished the temple. All right, the Bible says that the Lord came to Solomon and said that he had heard Solomon's prayer and chosen for himself that, that temple as a place of sacrifice. All right, so God consecrated the temple for himself. It was his temple. and But then he starts in in verse 13, he says, when I shut up the heaven and there is no rain, or when I command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence on my people, talking about the nation of Israel, he said, all right, I have, you have built me this temple. I have consecrated it for myself. I have given it to myself as a place of sacrifice and a place of worship, but yet, if you don't do what I have commanded you to do, then I am going to shut up the heaven and there will be no rain. I will command locusts to devour the land and send pestilence on my people. Now, if you pray, those who are called by my name, if you will humble yourself and pray and seek my face and turn from your wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. So yes, there is to a certain extent, there is a promise here for the church and I want us to look at I want us to look at this, um, but every church in the world believes to some extent that they're doing the will of God, regardless of who it is, be it you know as as backwards and as heretical as Jehovah's Witnesses are, they believe they're doing the will of God. All right, the Roman Catholic Church believes they're doing the will of God. Baptists believe they're doing the will of God. We believe here this morning that we are doing the will of God. Well, sadly, not everyone is right. And I'm not saying that we're some kind of elite and that we're the only ones that do have it right. I'm not saying that, but I am saying that within the global universal church, within Christianity as a whole, some people have it right and some do not. But they all think they've got the market cornered on worship, preaching, and gifts. And the nation of Israel was no different. They were the covenant people of God. Of all other nations on earth, God had chosen them. He'd made covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He had raised up great kings over them like David, given them prophets and wise leaders like Samuel and Solomon. He had given them divine instruction on the building of his temple, and everything was seemingly great for them, but yet they continually fell into sin, and God never broke his covenant with right. them, but they would break their part of the covenant by falling into sin, going after other gods, 
taken wives of, of uh, even King Solomon. He allowed his wives of foreign, of foreign nations to still worship other gods. And the church is no different. We are the covenant people of God made up of individuals from all nations on earth. God has chosen those within his church to spread the glorious message of the gospel. He has raised up great people of faith for us to look to. He has given us pastors and places to worship him. He gives us divine direction and guidance through his word. The church is awesome. Or is it? Is it as wonderful as we would have those outside it believe? We bicker and fight and bring division, frustration, and separation into the family of God. And as soon as someone mentions something to us that we th- that we take as offensive, we want to run to our favorite social media outlet, venting to the masses. Our land is filled with disaster upon disaster. Sin runs rampant in the camp, and we couldn't be more pleased with ourselves. We won't hear of sending a missionary down the street, but we'll send them overseas to the heathen and the pagan. We're too busy watching Netflix and keeping up with our political opponents to be bothered by these things. We have the American dream. What more do we need? Newsflash. Jesus died to save sinners. He did not suffer the shame of Calvary for us to have a house with a white picket fence. He came to call sinners to repentance and he calls us, his church, to repentance this day. For too long, we've allowed the devil to run rampant in our lives. We've allowed sin to dominate us rather than deal with it. We sweep it under the rug until it becomes a stumbling block. Today, for this church, for this house, consecrated to God, this ends. Infighting an offense, over. Covered by the blood of Jesus. Rebelling against the will of God for our lives, over. And this applies to those that are not here. They're a member of this church. This applies to them. They don't don't even know it yet, but this applies to them. Rebelling against the will of God for our lives, over. If we want to grow, if we want to see Jesus high and lifted up, we must turn to him. The Bible says, Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares on him because he cares for you. We spend too much time carrying a burden we were never meant to carry. We carry the weight of the world when the Bible says for us to literally throw it on him. He is able to carry it. He is fit. I'm telling you, you Jesus said this. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I'm meek and lowly at heart. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He said, come to me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. But we don't do that. We refuse. We adamantly stand in offense to God for even offering a place of rest and a place of security. But what did did Isaiah prophesy and say? He said, the word of the Lord came to the people line upon line and precept upon precept, yet they would not. So what did God say? He said, but with stammering lips and another tongue will I speak to this people. But he said, this is the rest wherewith you will cause the weary to rest. This is the refreshing. He gives us his word, line upon line, precept upon precept. We ignore it. We turn from it. So he has to send someone else to speak truth to us. When if we would simply humble ourselves... And see, like I said, that particular verse, 2 Chronicles 7, 14, is not about any modern nation. 
It was not spoken to any modern nation. It was spoken to ancient Israel. But there is application in that verse for modern nations. There is application in that verse for modern people. That if we humble ourselves and pray and seek the face of God, He will hear us. But there's a caveat in that verse that people want to turn away from. And it's where the Bible says, if my people who are called by my name, praise God, hallelujah, we like that part, and will humble themselves, yes, amen, we need to humble themselves, and seek my face, yes, we want to seek the face of God, yes, amen, hallelujah, and turn from their wicked ways. What business, child of God, do you have having a wicked way to turn from? If we are born again, redeemed and saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, why have we allowed wickedness into our lives to the point of it becoming a habit or a lifestyle for us? Why have we done that? It should not be so. but we were cast all of our cares on Him because He cares for us. And that needs to start right here, right now. If it doesn't start, with, if it doesn't start somewhere and with someone, it'll never happen. God did not call me to feed into your dreams. He called me to preach the gospel Amen. of the kingdom. You want to see hearts set free and the soul liberated change must start right Amen. here, right now. There's a song Christina and I were listening to this morning on the way over here that, that says these very words, that we're like the brother of the prodigal. We're puffed up with pride. We didn't leave home. We stayed in the Father's house, but our souls are still just as dead as the one who's out in the world. We are in need of revival. May the cry of our hearts be as David's was. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. We're the people called by His name. And if we humble ourselves and seek His face and turn from our wicked ways, He will hear us. Let it start right here, right now. Let January 29th, 2022 be the day everything at Rama Church changed for forever. Let today be the day we choose change for the better. Let today be the day right here, right now. Give no place to the devil. Give no room in your life for sin. Rather than giving God a few hours of your life on Sunday, give it to Him totally and completely right here, right now. Let When, when someone asks you, oh, what do you do? What do you do for fun? I worship God. Who, <coughs> who do you, you know, what's your hobby? Jesus. Amen. What Amen. do you do for fun? Pray. Amen. And I know that seems so out there because you say, oh, well, our lives can't be like that constantly. I think they can. Amen. Every waking moment of our lives can be some, somehow, some way oriented into the Lord. And you, and you say, well, how so? Okay, I'm going I'm to pick on myself. I'll use myself as an example. 
I like to sh- I like to shoot slingshots. That is that's my fun. That's my hobby. I love it. I love to make them. It's it's fun for me. But you know, God hasn't revealed to me how how making them something in it will point me to Him. I'm sure. But in shooting them, I realize something. I'm a good shot. I am, and I'm, and I'm not bragging. This is just the truth. I'm a good shot. I am a tournament-winning shooter. All right, I'm, I'm, no joke. I'm one of the top five shooters in the country when it comes to slingshots. Me and a top, well, maybe not, if not top five, top ten for sure. Of all the people that shoot them in the country, I'm one of the top ten. So, what does this mean? As good of a shot as I am, I still miss. I don't get 100% all the time. And the main definition of sin is to miss the mark. Each time, when I'm, when I'm at my range at home or I'm shooting something in the yard, I'll hit it, I'll dead, I mean just dead center that thing time after time after time. And then all of a sudden, Seemingly nothing about my form or about my stance changes, but I miss. I miss the mark. The slightest change in wind, wind, in my surroundings, in how I hold the pouch, everything, the slightest change can cause me to miss the mark. We have to be so sensitive to the will and the Spirit Amen. of God to make sure that, w- that when that subtle change comes, mm-hmm. that we can catch it and correct it mm-hmm. to where we don't miss. Yeah. God has given His church gifts of the Spirit. And the gift, we, we most often hear about tongues and prophecy and healing I wish we heard more about discernment. I wish we heard more about, wait a minute. I, I wish we had more people in this body now that would say, wait just a second. Something's not 100% right here. You know, something's not, there, there's something off. I don't know what it is, but there's something off. There's something What's within really me. That is causing it. That's causing me to to say we need to press pause and we need to back up and we need to examine. We need so much more of that in the body of Christ because here's the thing: the world is not going to see how many times you hit the bullseye. They're not going to see how many times the shot was dead on. They're going to see the one time you missed. And that goes for a church, that goes for a ministry, that goes for pastor, that goes for church member, that goes for any Christian person in the world. They're not going to see how many times you hit the mark. They're going to focus on the one time you missed the mark. And what we do when we do miss the mark, Rather than humble ourselves at that moment and seek the face of God and pray so that He will hear us, we take offense and allow it to fester and allow it to build up in our lives. We give place to the devil. We do, we do, we do. That's true. That's true. This morning, let 
that cease. Amen. Let that stop. And I and this is just as much for me as it is for anybody else. That has to stop. If someone comes to me, for those of you who don't know, I post these sermons. I record these sermons and they're posted online after the after the service is over. And people and and people go and listen to them. I don't know how many people, but they listen to them. And I want them to know and to understand that just because you miss the mark, just because you mess up, it does not mean that you continue. And this was something that happened to me a while back. And and, and once again, and it's, it's funny how slingshots kind of tie into this, but a while back I was experimenting with a, with a different way of shooting. Nothing wrong with the way I was sh- with the way I was shooting before. I just wanted to fig- to try a different way. Well, trying a what trying something that I wasn't used to led to me missing more and more, and I got in my head over it. And st- and instead of just in- and it became to where I wasn't enjoying it anymore. But I looked at it like a job. Yeah. When we get that way on over church, we'll, we'll you're going to mess up. You're going to screw up. All right. I'm a pastor and I'm going to mess up. That's just, it's the nature of being human. What, what matters is, think of it this way. Had the prodigal, his returning home would have been much easier if he, well, if he had not left in the first place, it would have been a lot easier. But after he wasted all of his money and was broke, if he had just said, okay, I can't do this like I thought I could, I've got to go back home, there would have been less shame in it. That, But he just, he dug in. He got in his head and he said, I can't go back. I can't return. I am, I'm, I'm going to do this thing. I've left home. I'm not going back. And he found himself in a hog pit and not just in a hog pit, but the Bible says that he desired to fill his belly with the slop the pigs were eating. The devil will bring you down so low that you will look at, you will look at filth at utter and pure filth and desire to fill your belly with it just so you'll feel some sort of fullness. When if you would just say, no, I'm not doing this, devil, you're not having any place in my life anymore. I'm humbling myself before the mighty hand of God. I'm turning to him. I'm turning away from my wickedness and I'm turning to him because I know that on the authority of his word and the promises he has given his people, he will hear me. Amen. And if we turn from our, if we humble ourselves, turn to God, seek his face, turn from our wicked ways. He does not just say that he will hear us, but he says that he will heal us. We may not have the great grand temple that Solomon had. We may not have the Lord making in-person covenant with us. 
But we don't need those things. Because you know what Solomon did not have? Solomon didn't have the Word of God. Solomon didn't have Calvary. Solomon didn't have an empty tomb. Solomon didn't have the indwelling of God, the Holy Ghost. But yet he still stayed with God. How much the more should we who do have the Word, who do have the cross, who do have an empty tomb, who do have the indwelling presence of the Spirit of God, how much the more should we say yes and amen to the things of God? Let it start right here. Right now. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your word. God, we pray, Lord, that you would apply it to our lives. God, that you would manifest yourself to us in ways we have never seen before. But God, most of all, we pray that we would look to you in everything that we do, that we would turn from our wicked ways and seek your face and humble ourselves, God, under your hand. Lord, not that we would be exalted for any reason, but that we would see the Lord high and lifted up. Help us, God, today. Help today to be the first day of the rest of our lives, Lord, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Wellspring Tabernacle Podcast. If you feel led to do so, please give us a review on the platform of your choice. And if you would like to reach out to us further, please email us at wellspringtabernaclenc at gmail.com. Until next week, may God bless you.